what is the flipping story, everybody? Um, do you know what's actually mad? I never meant for that to be the introduction of, you know, flip the script or whatever, like, you know, but it just happened to be that a lot of the episodes started that way. And now I just do it every time. And I just know every single time that the recording starts that that's exactly what I'm going to say. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it might change. Maybe I'll change it up a bit, you know. But welcome anyway. Um, Episode 15 uh, of Flip the Script. Um, Yeah, it's been a mad old uh, couple of days, right? It's been mad change in my life. By Here, I am the worst person when it comes to change well do you know what i'm very spontaneous right i'm not a big man for plans or like intricate plans or planning things down to a t not me just not my not my biscuit like you know what i mean if you're offering me biscuits you know i'm not a rich tea guy you know what i mean i'm gonna go for the custard creams you know what i mean and planning stuff just isn't custard creams in my estimation like you know planning things is just you're rich teeing up an adventure you know, you're taking out the custard in the middle and you're just leaving the biscuit, you know, whereas, you know, when I when I plan an adventure, I'm going, I'm off the cuff, like, you know what I mean? I'm not planning that to within an inch of its life. I'm just going to go with the flow, see what happens. Usually crazy good shit happens, you know what I mean? But as far as change, I'm I like, if I get to like having something in my life or using something on a regular basis and I find it good I'm pretty slow to change shit up I am I I will I will definitely you know put my hands up and say I am you know fairly um I suppose I, I I go against change and I've had a lot of change in the last couple of days I've moved I've moved moved house i've left ackle island i am no longer looking out upon the wild atlantic um as i record this podcast i'm in a room you know just a normal room a room with fantastic acoustics but yet no view of the wild atlantic ocean and all its changing beauty and and viciousness and ferocity and and beauty and calmness and you know everything in between i don't have that I'm after changing up my watch, right? Which is very interesting, right? I'm after changing up. I was Garmin day in, day out. Like, since I started running, since I ran my first marathon, I've been using a Garmin watch, right? Always use Garmin. Now I changed it up. I done changed it up to Chorus, C-O-R-O-S, a Chorus Vertex watch, right? Meant to be pretty amazing watch. I'm wearing it all day. Pretty cool. Haven't used it yet, so I don't actually... I can't, like, you know, give you any info on that and, 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 and give you a lowdown or review. This this podcast was never really made to review stuff, but, like, that's a big change for me. It's a big change. I've counted on Garmin, and Garmin has showed up for me every day. You know, every day that I've used the Garmin, it's showed up for me. It's connected to my training peaks. It's downloaded all of my stuff, which also this watch has done as well, and it's connected up to my Strava. I don't even have to worry about it. It's already uploading the stuff to Strava for me. And this one has also connected to the Strava too. So we'll just see how it pans out. You know what I mean? I'm not a big techie head like. But the change is something that both, you know, terrifies and excites me. You know what I mean? Like, am I going to be left with the, the, the knowledge that the Garmin was always the best bet? Or is this change up to chorus going to prove fruitful? You know what I mean? I'm also changing my footwear, my runners, like the, like the, the, all kinds of changes happening up in here for me, which is huge, you know, I'm a Hoka man, you know, I'm a Hoka man, I've, I've had seven pairs of Hoka runners, and, you know, when you find a pair of runners that work for you, you're, you're very slow to move on from anything, but I'm like, you know what, am I just staying with these because I found them good, you know, the first time I tried them? Um, and am I, you know, losing out on an opportunity to maybe, you know, have a better experience with other runners? So I'm, I'm going to try on running runners as well, which is also going to be happening fairly soon. On running their Swiss brand. There are lots of hype around them at the moment. Lots of people are starting to use them. So uh, we're going to give them a bash, boys, you know what I mean? But it's it's just change, change. Like I, 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 I'm trying to become more comfortable with change. 
Because like our lives are changing all the time. You know? My life now is not like I was when I was 16. Or when I was 23. Or 26 even. You know? I'm, I'm nearly 30 years of age. And, and it will be different when I'm 40 years of age. It will constantly change and, and, and fluctuate. Like, you know? So I have to be able to adapt and move with that. That's actually a big point about, you know, this episode of the podcast is about, you know, it's about endurance. It's about, like, you know, things that are happening on the external, right, that are happening in our lives and how are, how well are we able to manage our ourselves, our thoughts, our feelings? How well are we able to manage that when shit starts hitting the fan, really, like? And that's what endurance is to me, you know? Um, and I'll, I'll get into the more about that as well, you know? Last week's episode, episode 14, absolutely incredible response from the male population, would you believe? Hugely uh, positive response from the male population of saying, do you know what, I've had, a, I've had a issues with my body image and I've had issues with the, my relationship with food and you, you know, you hit on those subjects really well and I, I, it resonated with me, like, you know, and I've said this before about when people say that something resonated with them, when they say that something resonated with them, that means that, you know, you've in some way given them permission to feel something about themselves or about something they've done or something they're doing, you know, and, and maybe in a way allow them to accept that. Not accept it and just take it as that is the way things are, but accept that it is happening, it, you know, or it did happen, and but that doesn't define us. You know, that we can move forward and change from these things. And that's what I think resonation really means. You know, I'm like, I, I, I'm not I'm not here saying, you know, handing out leaflets saying, yeah, this is how, you know, you should be feeling about stuff. But if people are listening to the podcast and going, you know what, Connor, I done felt the same way about certain things or I've reacted in the same way about different things, then that's cr- that's great. You know, I want that aspect of it because I want this to be more like a chat. You know, you're you and me are just here now chatting to each other you know you you can talk to me talk back to me answer these hypothetical questions that i pose on the podcast sometimes have a bit of a laugh have a bit of a joke you know what i'm saying love jokes love a bit of banter so you know this is what it's all about it's it's a shared experience and when somebody says that it resonates with them it's it's just a phenomenal thing to hear as a podcaster because that's what you want really <laughs> you know i don't want to be talking to myself really, you know, in this room, and you know what's astounding about this whole podcasting thing is, I'm talking to myself, and sometimes I'm actually, like, going through process, like, when people talk about process in terms of um, personal growth, I am going through that process while actually speaking sometimes, and I'll, I'll actually find ways of communicating a point to myself in the middle of the podcast, you know, which is a great thing, um, but yeah, Lots of change happening up in here. And so far, I'm I'm adapting well. I'm rolling with the punches. And I'm just going to keep going that way. Like, you know, so because change is going to happen all the time. You know, you never know when something might happen that you're just not at all planning for. Like, you know, absolute out of nowhere, slapping the gob, just boof. You know, you never know when that's going to happen. I'm not going to live in fear of it, but I'm going to hopefully be able to adapt to it. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that we can... Uh, I hope that we can travel through these podcasts even together and uh, we can move and roll with the punches as the podcasts go. So, what episode 15 is all about really is, um, this is actually really good. It only took me nine minutes to get to the introduction of the podcast. This time usually it takes me about 15 or 20. So, go me. Fantastic. Oh, well done. I'm eating into more time now actually congratulating myself. Um, but I'm going to start now, and episode 15 is all about, it's about endurance. Not not just endurance in ultramarathons, you know, not just endurance for sport, life endurance, endurance for what life throws at us, you know what I mean? That's the most important endurance in my mind, is, is our ability to endure the ups and downs of life and to maintain who we are and maintain our own element of being you know that we're not on this roller coaster of ups and downs but but we are 
we are rolling with what's happening. We're not on the roller coaster. We are moving and shaking and bobbing and weaving with what life is throwing at us, you know? And, like, the only reason why I find this to be such an important topic is because I was terrible at rolling with the punches and, like, very much held at ransom to the external, to, to the way my life was going. Actions and occurrences in my everyday life would dictate how I actually felt about my life and about myself, you know? So, like, good shit would happen, right? Great things would happen, you know, work could be going great. Um, When I was selling cars, I'd let's say I'd sold loads of cars that week. It was going fantastic. Um, A girl that I liked said that she wanted to meet up and get a drink. We've got all different kinds of good stuff happening all up in here. I'm on cloud nine. Then I have a shitty day in in work. And then the shitty day turns into a shitty week. And then my boss is wondering, you know, how my performance is going. And then, you know, I'm not hearing back from that person that was fucking all about me the week before. And just complete and utter deflation. Like, you know what I mean? And it's fucking exhausting. It's exhausting having these ups and downs of life when, you know, realizing that there's going to be ups and downs is almost half the battle. Like, and knowing that, you know, just because something bad happened today does not mean that it has to be a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or year, you know, which would be the case for me. I'd allow it feed into my mind and allow it to, you know, infect even good shit in my life, you know. Good things would be happening and I wouldn't even be letting it happen properly because I'd I'd have had bad shit happen, you know? And I wanted to get to that point, and I've said this on the podcast before, where I'm just being. I'm not up in the air, I'm not down on the floor, I'm just I'm in my own body. And I'm just being. And I think I think that is endurance. I think that is endurance, right? Because like I have learned a lot about endurance from ultramarathon. And I've learned a lot about life from ultramarathon, you know, and I've learned a lot about the endurance of life from ultramarathon because, homies, an ultramarathon is a microcosm of life because, like, in an ultramarathon, you will have every emotion under the sun. You'll have ups and downs and you'll feel happy and sad and angry and frustrated and calm and joyful and all of the emotions will run through your mind and body during that day of running you will have so many ups and downs there will be waves and troughs in so many different aspects of life the weather will change it'll start raining it'll be super sunny and you'll be taking off layers and putting on sunscreen next thing you'll be putting your rain jacket on your boot your shoes are soaking wet you'll have loads of different ups and downs your body will feel great you'll be flying you'll be absolutely booking it down the road next thing boom you need to poop so bad that you have to stop and like pull into a ditch or you're gonna like destroy your little running shorts you know what i mean that's the ups and downs of it all i remember like john this is actually most of this conversation that i'm going to be having today is completely off the cuff i haven't written too much of a script about this week's podcast it's been more of a a culmination of loads of different thoughts but um one thing that's just popped into my head was at the end of my second time doing the Connemara 100 miler, I was absolutely flying it. 90 miles in, and I was doing my fastest kilometers of the whole race, running mad, mad fast for, for how late it was in the in the marathon, like in the ultra. And all of a sudden then, something must have moved. It was like a it was like an airlock or something it was just let loose, like released in my bowels. And I just was like, oh my god, I am going to poop. And had to, like, duck off to the side of the road, do a bit of business. You know, it was terrible. And then my stomach was just in ribbons until I crossed the line. So the last, like, seven miles was just absolutely, like, you know, my my stomach felt like somebody had, like, poured a load of Monopoly pieces into my glass of water. And I just drank a load of, like, Monopoly pieces. And... The dog and the car were, like, getting jammed inside in my stomach as, I, as my stomach was trying to digest just these, like, metal, you know, playing game pieces, like, you know what I mean? In my belly, like, you know? So, 
I, I felt like I was, you know, had, you know, the, the, the thimble, like, inside the back of my, my stomach, and it was just in bits, so, after I had the Monopoly, um, belly, I, you know, I finished, but, like, it, and I had the highs when I was going through the tone as well, you know, and, and lows and all this kind of stuff, and you do experience those, everything, of, uh, uh, like, of what life will throw at you within an ultramarathon, and that's where this definition of endurance for me comes from. Like my own my own definition of endurance is how well can you manage your internal self, your thoughts and your feelings? How well can you manage them when shit is hitting the fucking fan in the external? You know, or things are just not going to plan, not going well, not going the way that you saw them going. Like what way are they going for you that you know, um, that you can actually keep your your internal self, you know, at a steady place, at a place, a calm place, uh, a place where you can function and move forward in. And that's what, that's what endurance is in my mind. And I'm going to explain certain different aspects of, you know, how endurance has infiltrated my everyday life and how endurance has really fed into the standards I hold myself to in my life and how those standards have um, given me structure and control to my life in times now where there's not much structure, there's not much routine, there's not much control, you know? that's Those are some elements of life that we have lost, you know? We've lost some of those elements of life just because of the way that the world is at the moment. And I think a lot of people are suffering right now, including myself, from a lack of routine sometimes, a lack of, you know, structure and purpose to their day, and also a lack of control of the direction in which their life is taking, you know? And I've, I've definitely felt that, and I've, I've really leaned on the skills that I have learned and the ideas and concepts that I have taken on board from Ultramarathon, you know? So... First thing, like, first of all, structure and routine, boys. Like, so important in a way, like, you know. um, We've had routines since we were in primary school. You wake up, uniform be there on the rad or on top of the cupboard. Put your uniform on, you know. Skiddle downstairs and hop up onto the kitchen table. You know, eat your bowl of cocoa pops or whatever it might be. You know, bit of jam on toast or something, you never know. Hop into the car drive to school, get into school, have your school day, head home, you know, do your homework if you were a good kid, if you were me, go outside, get your uniform filthy dirty, probably get shouted at when you got in, take the uniform off, you know, be dragged to the table to do your homework, do the homework, eat your dinner, and if it was me again, finish up with a bit of Simpsons and into bed to do it all again tomorrow. You know, we had that structure. You know, and, and, and now we find ourselves where our structures and, you know, our routines are completely fucked up. Like, there is no drive to, to there's not, not no getting ready for work in the morning. There's no drive to work listening to your favourite DJ on your morning breakfast, you know, radio station show. You know, getting into work, having a bit of chit-chat with the folks in work, you know what I mean? Having a bit of a, you know, a gossip about the weekend or talking about the match or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you're then into work, you're 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 surrounded by people every day. There's a bit of laughing, joking, a bit of good stuff going on during the day. You know, you might head out at lunchtime then, grab a coffee and some lunch with a colleague. You know, you head back into work. You're leaving work. You go in. You go out, and you're 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 getting ready to go to the gymnasium. Maybe going to five a side. Maybe whatever you're going to. You're going to Pilates, yoga, spinning class, whatever you're going to. There's something happening. You know what I mean? You're you're driving to that place. You know the people that are there. Again, have that human interaction. You have that laugh, that joke. You finish up there, and you drive back home. Maybe you're listening to a couple of tunes in the car. Maybe you're back listening to the radio. Something going on. You know, you'd stop off in the shop, pick up milk. You know, forgot to get milk this morning. Got to get the milk now. And you head back home and you're kind of, you know, you're you're then, you're decompressing. You're you're in your home. It's, it's a place where we all let our guard down. We relax. We have that time to be ourselves. 
you know, the world is outside. The world's outside. Yeah? Like, the world is not in my sitting room. The world's outside and it can fucking wait there till tomorrow. Because today I'm having my time to just fucking relax, take it fucking handy and, and recharge and do it all again tomorrow. And we had that structure, that routine. And there is comfort in, in the definite. There's comfort in that routine and that structure. And what I had to ask myself really was in the last year, you know, when a lot of things that I wanted to do and the way I saw my life and, and indeed, you know, my year going completely changed and flipped on its head. I had to ask myself, like, you know, did life dictate my life? You know, did did the external life of a job and um, of all of the externals, my interpersonal relationships, my sporting activities, did all of those things dictate my life? Or did, did I dictate my life and have these things as part of it? Did I make the structure of my life? And I suppose I... I it harps back to this aspect that I was talking about, the, the locus of evaluation, right? I talked about this quite a lot on my, on my Instagram this week because people were asking me, like, a lot, how are you staying motivated when races are getting uh, cancelled left, right, and centre? And I found that to be a terribly interesting question. Super-duper interesting question. I was like, fair play for the question because it's very easy for me to go oh I'm just gonna you know I'm just gonna you know smash it out and keep training and all that and but I had really had to think about it I had to think about it like why am I training now when there is you know there is no guarantee that I'll have an opportunity to show any of my skills or or to show my endurance or show my training or prove my training in in any platform this year you know there there's there is fairly little you know, to, to 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 anchor me to something. But why have I been training so hard and why have I been so diligent and so, you know, holding myself to my high standards without it? And I realized that it it is to do with my locus of evaluation. And when I when I mean by locus of evaluation is, you know, how much do how much do my standards and values for life, how much are they derived from the judgments of other people? And of, you know, um, the happenings of the outside world. Or how much of my values and standards are set by me and my own experiences. And my own purpose and meaning that I attach to my life. And I really had an external locus of evaluation for so long. You know, I did an awful lot of things within my life for how they would be judged and seen by my peers. I'll hold my hands up and say that, for sure. You know, I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to think I was interesting. You know, and and I did an I I did an awful lot of things because, for a lot of reasons, I felt like I never had a place. You know, in the world. You know, I had I had written that script that I didn't belong anywhere. That when I found areas that I could belong in, I I really attached myself to them. But then I attached my own evaluations of 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 life, um, to those things and not to myself. And I I tried to pinpoint the time at which. You know, when the outside world expects nothing of me, when I do not have to hold myself to any standard that the outside world is presenting to me, why am I holding myself to my own standards? Why am I holding myself to my own standards when there is nothing in the external world that's that's anchoring my conviction? You know? I'm 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 in a way I have no definite goal. You know, I have no definite aim. Therefore, why am I still putting that that effort in every day and, and p- trying to pull the best out of myself all the time? And I remember a very distinct moment in my ultramarathon career. Um, it was in my first ever ultramarathon, my first 100 miler. For those of you that haven't listened to any other episode besides this one, or maybe you came in late to the to the podcast, or you, you started on a certain episode that you liked and moved forward from there, if you go back to the start, to the first two episodes of the podcast, you will hear an awful lot more of how I found Ultramarathon, how I became an Ultramarathon runner, and I suppose the effect that Ultramarathon had on my life, and, and how that it has set you know things in motion for me that... Um, I, I probably wouldn't have ever been able to, to to discover without them. So if you haven't uh, listened to them, what are you doing? You know, 
bold boys and bold girls out there listening to this episode and not listening to the first two, go back to the start. You know, who the flip am I? Boom, play it and and go through the catalogue of of um of podcasts because I love when now that we're fifteen episodes in, people saying, Homie, I've just listened to the first three episodes, absolutely loving it. I love that. Because that means that people are like, okay, I'm not just gonna listen to the latest episode. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna find out about this dude. Don't really know who this guy is. You know, my buddy told me you should follow him because you know, he does some funny kind of stuff, does a bit of, you know, madness on his Instagram, does a bit of running. You know, you should follow this guy. Guy follows me, girl follows me, says, okay, oh, he's got a podcast. And then, you know, love when they go to episode one. You know, episode numero uno, and they move their way through because that gives you a better idea of the of all of the episodes. Because I'm I'm going to be harping back to certain aspects of it, but I've I've never I don't think I have ever discussed this particular part of the podcast and how the different part of my ultra career and how this particular part of the ultra marathon career set in motion the standards and values that I hold for myself every day, every day. Um, it was very, very late into my first ultramarathon, right? Um, since my first ultramarathon, I have never felt that pain. I've never felt the same pain that I have had when I ran my first ultramarathon. Um, I told the story of, of the pain that I was in in the last checkpoint of the race, which is at mile 82. Um, but from mile 82 to 100, I kind of really just said, oh yeah, I made it, you know, from mile 82 to to 100, um, I made it to the end, but those 18 miles, which is, you know, it's not far off 30 kilometers, you know, it's a long, long stretch of road there, like, you know, in those 18 miles, I think I experienced the, the biggest, the largest amount of punishment in that period of time. Yeah, you know, it took me a good couple of hours to do those eighteen miles. It took me about four and a half hours, five hours maybe, and took probably even more, I'd say. And so, I experienced pain that I had never experienced before. And I don't think I've experienced that type of pain since. To be honest, it was a bit of a blessing in disguise, you know. <laughs> If you're able to get into that zone of pain in a race, when you when you go back to that zone, when you go when you're transported into a, an arena where you're feeling that kind of pain, you you kind of compare all other pain to that pain, and it's never as bad, you know. Like even in the two hundred mile race that I ran, you know, in the year after that race, I don't think I felt that kind of pain. I had far worse um, sleep deprivation um, and hallucinations from the 200-mile race. But the pain that I experienced from mile 82 to mile 100 was just ungodly. Really and truly, it was, um, it was, it was terrible. Um, how I explain it to people, and I hope, um, I hope I do it justice, is it's as if somebody shoved pipes up my heels. And those pipes made their way up the back of my legs. And then those pipes, like, you know, started to make their way to my back through my through my butt cheeks. And then they joined together in my lower back. And then my, my, my back just became a pipe. It, it, was, it was that stiff and sore and, and you know, quite um, steel. It was like steel. It was, like my body wasn't muscle anymore. It was just... It was full of inflammation and terror and burning. And it felt like my the back of my head was trying to touch my bum. That was what it was. I was trying to touch my ass with my the back of my head. It was constantly leaning backwards. And then I was getting spasms and cramps in the middle of my back. Along the way, I had to stop to go to the bathroom. And I, I went into this restaurant and went to the bathroom and came out into the foyer into the into the hallway of this restaurant and I was in so much pain that I didn't make it out the door I actually had to get down into child's pose right then and there because I was having such a bad back spasm that I was in child's pose in the middle in the middle of this restaurant foyer like 
people were stepping on my fingers I didn't even care I was in so much pain that it was just relieving the pain for that time and I remember trying to get even back to my feet was absolute agony and I stumbled out the door and continued on and this one point that really let me know that I was starting to change that you know external evaluation into the internal evaluation was I was at around mile 87 and I came to one of the steepest inclines of the race and I started going up this incline and my my friend was was jogging beside me and I started to climb up this um this this incline just walk up it but I was so tired that I started to fall backwards I couldn't actually keep walk up the incline I started to fall backwards and my friend put his hand on my back and I said no 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 you you can't put your hand on my back because like if I'm gonna fail I'm gonna fucking fail and if I'm gonna succeed I'm gonna succeed under my own steam like I can't be helped there there's nobody else in this race who's gonna be helped there and it doesn't fucking matter if they are I'm not gonna be helped to the end And it kind of struck me that, you know, somebody who's doing this for external validation, who's doing that for the pats on the back and the Instagram post at the end of it, they wouldn't give a shit if somebody pushed them up that bit of hill. Because no one's going to know. But I would know. You know, I would know. And I just, from thinking about that particular time, I said, like, if I'm going to fucking fail, I'll fail. And, and I'll take the failure I'll, and I'll earn that failure. I'm not going to hand myself success. I'll earn, I'll earn the failure before I hand myself success. I'm not going to hand myself this success and know in the back of my mind that I didn't do the whole thing, you know, on my own. I wanted to take every single agonizing, broken footstep that was necessary to get me to the end of this race and that was it and I didn't know it then really actually at that time that my my locus of evaluation was turning from the external into the internal and how that how that that internal locus of evaluation manifests itself in the everyday life is it just fucking holds me to my standard you know if the if the outside world, if the external world isn't showing up for me, you know, I'm going to show up for myself. I you know, if I'm not getting this carrot on the stick from the outside world that, you know, this hard work is going to have a reward for me, then I must create my own carrot on a stick. And my own carrot on a stick is I deserve this effort. I am worthwhile putting this effort into my life, regardless of the outcome of what happens. My my daily training and diligence to what I am doing and the craft that I am trying to hone is enough for me to give my all, regardless if there's a race at the end of it. It is, it's for me. And it's for my own meaning and purpose that I attach to it. So that's why, regardless of what's happening in the environment for races, I was meant to do something called Project 32 that I've mentioned in the in the past podcasts. 32 marathons in 32 days in the 32 counties of Ireland with 32 pounds on my back. And I wasn't able to do that. And when I wasn't able to do that, you know, I didn't stop training. I didn't stop moving forward. I... I I just continued as normal. And I thought of another thing that I could do. I tried to see that an opportunity in that setback, you know. In each setback in life, even if it's, you know, if it's something that seems, you know, awfully terrible, there's maybe a benefit in some way. You know, even an injury. You know, I've had an injured hip on and off for the last two and a half years. And each time that that injury flares up, it's an opportunity for me to work on areas of my, my body, or areas of my athleticism that you know I don't get the time the the um I don't put as much effort into when I am running you know to to my full capabilities and so when when that was cancelled when project 32 was cancelled yeah I I missed out on a huge opportunity to to really show the whole world or the, to show the whole country that you know 
there's a guy out here doing some crazy shit. But I didn't fucking, I didn't, you know, I didn't just sit down and, and lay down and take that that was, oh, well, look, that's the end of it now. You know, that's the end of it. No, we only did Project 32 because we felt that we were, you know, that it would be something that would we would like to pursue. So if we would like to pursue that and that's not on the table, then, you know, we still feel like we want to pursue something like this. We still feel like there's something worthwhile in us. And that's where the patio run came from. I ran around my patio for 24 hours because, you know, Project 32 had been cancelled. Now, the patio run actually turned out to be absolutely terrible, you know, in terms of the physical and mental, um, you know, torture that I went through doing that. It was it was it was crazy. But yet again, another another aspect of this internal locus of evaluation, you know, was that. You know, no one was fucking watching me. No one was keeping an eye on what I was doing. It was up to me whether I was, you know, running around this fucking patio or not. You know? And that's that's it. You know, I I, I ran around the patio for, for me. You know? I, there was no one watching me. No one cheering me on all the time. There was no one, you know... There, like, the watch wasn't even dinging very often because... <laughs> You know, we I, it was so fucking difficult to get a kilometre. You had to run hundreds of loops to get a kilometre. So I, I didn't I didn't do it for that. And so when when the outside world is not presenting structure to us and routine, it really is up to us to ask ourselves, okay, what do we want though? You know, what do we want from our days? What do we want from our lives? You know? Do we want race medals or do we want, you know, a general um, a, a general outlook on our lives that you know what we are doing and training for is worthwhile regardless of the races you know that's just one aspect of it you know it, it's it's when no one is expecting anything from you are, are you still expecting something from yourself that's what I ask myself you know and look I, I fall into the the category of fucking Jesus I feel listless and lackluster and I feel sluggish today but that's, that's, again, that's the ups and downs of life. But, you know, maintaining that constant within you that, you know, you know that you're going to want to get the best out of yourself, you know. And, like, the, the other aspect that we are kind of missing really is, is control. And it's very, very uh, interesting that another concept within psychology is the locus of control. Like, how... How how much of our lives do we believe is an is in our control, or how much of our lives is kind of up to the faith of of life? You know, up to up to the faiths, up to the outside world. You know, how much how much of control is in our hands, and how much control is dictated by the world around us? You know, and usually, and I suppose in the last two years, I've really felt that like control for things have has really laid with me you know i take an awful lot of self-accountability for my life but not always before i used to blame so many different things for reasons why i didn't have time for this and didn't have time for that and blame this and that person for why i wasn't in a certain place in my life and why i wasn't fulfilled and even blaming my boss for hating my own job you know and and i said this before how fucking stupid is that you know Blaming the person that pays me every month for how, you know, for for how disillusioned I am with my employment. You know, I, I always had these, I, I, I really felt that, you know, if let's say there was um, a picture of me just standing. And there's a white sheet of paper and it was a man, me, standing in the middle of this page. And there was arrows pointing outwards. And all of these arrows represented like blame. And represented you know how the world was controlling my life. And how I wasn't control in control of my life. That all these arrows were pointing outward at the world. For the reasons why I wasn't where I wanted to be in my life. And so when I said do you know what. I fucking control this fucking shit. I control my life. You know, I'm the painter painting the masterpiece. I'm the person holding the paintbrush here. And I'm not fucking giving this paintbrush to anybody or anything. I am going to take control of it. And yes, 
sometimes when I am in control, shit things are going to happen or I'm not going to do, you know, as good as I thought I would do. That happens. But at least I'm holding the fucking paintbrush and I'm in control of it and I know that I can control it. You know, I'm not looking at the world thinking, I'm not here, I'm not where I want to be because of you or this or that or I don't have time to do it because of this. All of these things that got me fucking nowhere, I don't have those things anymore. I just have the, if there's a good or a bad thing that happens in my life, I'm responsible for that. I'm responsible for the good and the bad. So I'm going to I'm gonna hold on to the fucking paintbrush for as long as I can. And I'm going to paint the masterpiece that is going to be my life at the end of it. And when we're presented with the world as we are today, where controls are kind of taken from us a lot of the time, it is tough for us to say that we control our lives. You know, it's very easy for us to say, ah, Jesus, I I can't, I don't have time to do that now because of this, or I don't have time to do that because I, you know, I'm kind of already doing this. And you're thinking to yourself, you're the fucking person that controls your life. If you really want to do it, you'll do it. Like, if you don't, you won't. And that's it, like, you know. If you don't want to do it, you won't do it. And if you do want to do it and you really want to do it, you will make the time to do it. It's just the fucking way life is. And that's what that's and that's me saying that to myself too. I'm not just fucking standing here saying it to ye. You know, if I really want to do something or get something done, it's fucking in my control. You know, I, I'll get it done if I if I want to get it done. If I don't want to get it done, I won't get it done. And it's and that's and it's okay. It's okay to say, look, I actually just don't want to fucking do that. But if you're being honest with yourself and you think, oh, I actually really want to do it, then fucking do it, like. Put the effort in, because you're way, you're so fucking worth it, like. You're so worth that effort, it's not even funny, like. You know? And life is worth effort. If you put effort in, effort is control. Effort is control. Discipline and effort is control. And where we find ourselves now where we can't travel outside of our 5k. We have to wear masks and we go into the shop. We can't plan our holidays. It's very fucking easy for us to say, oh, here, we don't control these aspects. But where I have found myself, I suppose, going in the last couple of months is, is asking myself the question of, well, what do I control? Well, let's start as, as we started with our routine here and we go through a normal day. A normal every day, you know. Um, what do I control? I control the time I get out of bed in the morning. I control what I eat for breakfast. I control how much nourishment I get in the day. I control how much water I drink. And how hydrated I am. I control whether I get outside in a day or not. Whether I get fresh air into my lungs. Whether I get out for a walk or a run. I, I control that. I control what I eat for dinner. I control what I consume in terms of media. I control I control what I watch on TV, what I, you know, read, what I take in through my phone. I control those things. Right? I control what time I go to bed at. I control all these things. I control when I get into the shower. I control when I eat. I control all those aspects. If you were in prison right now, you'd be told when to get up, when to go to the shower, when to eat, when to go outside, when to go back inside, when to sleep. You would be told how to do all of those things. And so when I find myself in the element where I find that, look, I have lost some control of my life just because of the the, the world that we live in right now. But I still control an awful lot. And I control whether I get things that I want to do done in the majority. Yeah, I want to go and, you know, claim Mount Fuji in Japan. Can't do that right now. That's okay. But I still control whether I keep that in my mind. I control whether I keep that aspiration and I maintain it and I and I work towards it. You know, save up money so that when this thing happens, I can fly over to Japan and claim Mount Fuji. I control keeping that alive. When we have aspirations and plans, they're kind of like flames within us. If we don't feed those fires, they go out. They go out. And so we might have plans and aspirations for things that we cannot do right now. But it is in our control to keep those flames lighting inside in us. So that when we do get the opportunity to do them, we have the hope and the effort and the, and the love for ourselves to put those things in motion and make them come to fruition. We still have those lights 
lighting inside in us. We control those. We control what, ha- what, what we want for ourselves in our lives. We do. I control what I want for myself in my life. And nobody else controls that. And that's, it's a really wonderful thing to say. I control where my life goes. That's not down to anybody else. Yeah, it's going to take a fucking awful lot of effort if I wanted to get to certain places where I'm going. And here, I'm seeing the the value in that effort right now and of what I've been putting into my life. And it's been astounding. So, when our controls, the external world, the locus of control, has in some way been tipped in the way of the, the world, the world controls an awful lot more aspects of our lives now than it did before, you know? So we can find we can find that when we feel like we don't control it anymore, we can feel a bit hopeless, and hopelessness starts to set into us. You know what I mean? But um, it is all about that locus, you know, that the point of which we find our evaluation and our control of of the world. How much do we feel we control of our lives? And our mode, our, our I suppose our inner motives for why we do things. Our standards and values, where are they derived from? Are they derived from this ever-changing, ever-fluctuating world of ours? Or are they derived from a far more stable place? And that is within ourselves. Something that we, we we, we exercise far more control over ourselves and how we think about things. So if our, if our, if our, you know, our evaluations of our lives and of the values and standards that we have for our lives come from ourselves, then it, in some ways, it doesn't really fucking matter what's happening on the outside. We just stick to who we are, what we want from our lives, what we want from our days, and we stick to that. Yes, we may not control if we're able to, you know, do certain things, but we control whether we maintain them, whether we keep those aspirations, those wants and desires and dreams within us. We don't let the fucking world crush those fucking dreams. We don't let them trample those flames inside us just because we can't do them right now. We have to hold on to them. We have to kindle them. We have to make sure that those fires are fed and those flames are roaring inside us. So that when we get the opportunity to do it, we are perfectly placed. We are perfectly placed to get that. To get the fuck what we want from our lives. That's, that's what we control. We control that. We control feeding and stoking those fucking fires within us. And I'm still doing it. I couldn't give a fuck if I can't uh, hop on a plane right now. I'm going to keep all of the dreams, all the aspirations that I have built up in my life and that I have thought about for so long and I'm keeping them and I'm fucking hanging on to them and and no one's taking them from me. You will have to rip them from my cold, dead hands, my cold, long fingers. You will have to take them from me, my dead corpse. I promise you. I'm going to keep them and I control that and the world can do whatever the fuck it wants to do. I'm going to keep them. And that's what I'm saying to you guys. We, you know, we have control. We control our own lives. We control what happens within them. And we set the standard. We set the values for ourselves and we derive the meaning and the purpose in what we do. Not the world. The world doesn't do that for us anymore. We're fucking flipping the script. We are flipping the script. We control our lives. We keep our dreams and aspirations alive while the world has fucking shut down on us. And when it opens, we are there and we are fucking perfectly placed. And we have held our standards so high that when the world wasn't expecting anything from us at all, we were still showing up for ourselves and we were still expecting a lot from, from ourselves. And here I'm telling you, Holmes, there's, a, there's times when I'm beaten down and I'm trodden down from what's happening in life and you really just have to pick yourself up and you have to dust yourself self off and say, look, hey, you know, certain days where I feel like, you know, I want to put a line through the calendar and say that was a waste of a day. It wasn't. It was just another day for you to exercise this endurance. We have to be able to endure those days where we don't feel you know, we don't feel ourselves or we don't feel like we have that same light inside in us. We have to endure those times and we have to see that they are only, t- you know, passing times and moments, ripples in time. But we have the endurance to go through them, to go through the ups and downs. 
and to and to and to know that just because today was you know not so great does not mean that tomorrow has to be endurance you know let's maintain the internal let's maintain our own self talk our own our own uh, self dialogue let's maintain that during these times during these times when the fucking walls are on fire around us we are going to wrap ourselves in this you know blanket of our own internal security and calmness and look there's going to be times where the fucking flames roar around us and we just leave it burn too but what we have to do is we have to endure we have no other choice you know we have to endure these things and that's endurance (laughs) basically you know, when these things are, when the world is fucking burning down, you have to wrap yourself in that in that jacket, like, you know, in that jacket of internal security and stability. Whoa, I tell you now, I'm actually tired after that. <laughs> it's po- I poured a lot of emotion into that, uh, to be honest. Um, But yeah. I didn't even control every. I didn't even. I didn't even get to everything. Sorry, I didn't even control everything. I didn't even get to everything that I wanted to get to there in that time. But I think it, it probably wrapped up um, everything fairly, fairly well. Um, I just want to say to everybody that's listened to the podcast and that has made it not this far in the podcast or anything, but it's just is making it through life right now and is and is really keeping their head above water. Fair fucking play fair fucking play and the people that are struggling you know their head is dipping below the waterline they feel like they're struggling a bit and they're you know at times feel like they're drowning you know i've been there i've been there i've been with you i've been searching for that that um that 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 boy to be thrown out to me so i can grab hold of it and get on board again you know i've been there but that's endurance as well is being able to endure those times when your head is being dunked underwater and being able to come back up you know, get a get a quick gasp of air and, you know, we could go under it again. But we will get out of this water, you know. We will. We'll drag ourselves out of it. We have we have really got no other choice. We 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 just keep going, you know, we just keep going and that's it, and we can't we can't stop, you know. So um yeah. Thank you everybody for listening um, to to episode 15. I'm just going to, the last minute or two there, I'm just going to talk a tiny bit about my training, right, if anybody is interested in it. Um, I, I think that this might be something that I'll talk about at the end of the podcast, maybe every week. It's just a couple of minutes of how my training is going, right? This week I did six sessions in six days, right? And today I was meant to do an hour and a half run. My hip was just so fucking badly inflamed. My whole body was aching that I actually just said, I'm going to fucking injure myself. If I do this long hour and a half run today, I'm going to injure myself. And it's nothing to do with my coach or whatever. He has set the way that it's meant to be done. I think I pushed too hard in my six sessions and I think I might have done an extra session. I might have did a session on Monday that I wasn't meant to do. And so when I got to the end of the sixth session i had to read my body you know i had to read my body and say okay right we're facing down an hour and a half run tomorrow like you know is this hour and a half run going to give us something that a, a rest day wouldn't give us and you know a good week's training if i had did that if i had done that run today probably i would have been out of training for four or five or six days no doubt so if you're talking about, you know, reward versus, um, I suppose, you know, effort, reward and effort, like the effort I would have put in to, to do that hour and a half run today, I wouldn't have been rewarded with, you know, with anything really. I'd have finished the run, but I'd have been so injured and so tired that I'd have taken four, I'd have had to take four or five days off to get my you know hip to calm down and to, to stop being inflamed. So I really had to listen to my body which is something I'm really starting to get better at, uh, which I didn't do for a long time, which one of the reasons why I have this this persistent injury is because I didn't listen to my body for, for a long time. I took weeks and months off then to try and cure it up and look at something that I'm, you know, I'm living with, working through, and it's definitely getting far better and I'm able to train better. But, 
you have to you have to be able to get you know strike that balance of pushing and 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 knowing when your body needs needs to have that that bit of r and r like you know um put them put them fucking feet up like you know put them up get an old ice pack out you know maybe trim your toenails you know pluck your unibrow self-love you know take care of yourself chill out um so that's kind of what my week's training has been like and and now now that i am really focusing on the trail running aspect now that i've finished my marathon pb effort from a couple of weeks ago i'm now starting to train more specifically for trail running and um starting to go longer distances and go higher get some fucking distance and get some height get some elevation get some vert get some vertical you know go up climb mountains be a mountain runner you know mountain running gangster you know mrg mountain running gangster that's what i'm going to be mrg you know so that's that's what i'm that's what my that's what the shift in my training at the moment is going to be a mountain running gangster you know what i'm saying and uh today especially you know that i took the day off of training um where like certain times i would have felt that because i trained it was a productive day and it was a good day now i'm like hmm you know i i should have been doing an hour and a half run today and now i'm not doing that like you know must i fill it with stuff you don't you don't it's again it's it's what do you want to get from the day and what i really wanted to get from the day was recharging recharging the body recharging the mental and physical um side of of myself and that's what I did, you know, but like it was mixed in with lots of feelings of what the fuck are you doing? You should be doing more, do things, get stuff done. I'm like, you know, I'm going to like, I, I, I'm i still productive. I'm, I'm recording this podcast. I'm nearly an hour into recording this podcast now. You know what I mean? And just because I, you know, I didn't fucking do an hour and a half run or I didn't do a fucking big Maddie weight session or answer loads of emails or send loads of proposals to companies that are asking me to do talks with them and things. Just because I didn't do those things doesn't mean that I had a waste of a day. It was actually a great day. You know, great day for what I wanted out of it. What I wanted out of it was recharging. Recharging my body, recharging my mind. And I, and I, and I got that. But like it was, it was very much fucking intercepted sometimes by this thought of you should be doing more. So I have to, you know, it's part of the whole journey of life is getting to getting more to grips with that voice, you know, inside you that sometimes doesn't let you rest. You know, when you want the best for yourself and you're holding yourself to very high standards, it can sometimes actually take away from what you actually want from the day. What I actually wanted from the day was to relax and rest and recuperate and sometimes then when you're even trying to do that your there's a part of your your high standards voice that says do things i'm like i don't want to do shit i don't want to do things right now because it, it will take away from what i'm actually wanting from the day so good day i'm gonna say a good day today you know really good day um and i got what i wanted out of it you know but you don't always have to be fucking doing shit all the time. Like, when I talk about these things, it's, it, I just don't want you to be downtrodden by the fucking world outside. It's so difficult not to be, and I am too, you know, so many times. But fuck it, like, you know, we, we can't, you know, be pulling on ourselves all the time to get things done. Sometimes you have to fucking shut off and say, I'm going to have this time to recharge, and I did that today. So I welcome you to do that for yourself this week you know, shut off the mind, shut off everything, and just allow yourself to fucking, watch some fucking shit TV if you want, do you know what I mean, I, I like, I, I, I'm a, I, I think back on certain aspects of my life, certain times of my life, when I watch loads and loads and reams of shit TV, and now I watch one hour of it, and I'm like, you are wasting your life, like, that's, you know, you can't think like that, so yeah, watch some shit TV, you know, flick through some Instagram reels of shit you like to watch. It doesn't matter, it's okay to do that sometimes. That's another big lesson from my training, you know, is that I have to be able to give myself that opportunity to unwind. It's a big part of the process, and I will continue to do that, and I'll continue to learn from it, and uh, maybe I'll be able to do a podcast on it. But anyway, just before I hit the hour mark here, I'm going to say, I hope you have a wonderful day. I really do. 
and thank you so much for listening and if you uh, if this is your first episode that you've ever listened to it go back to the start start from the beginning episode one make your way through it and i'd love to hear your feedback and thank you to everybody that became a patron in the last couple of weeks it just makes so much of a difference to me so thank you all and i wish you all peace and love con <laughs>